Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February of 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia. And this time I really am in Canberra, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been on a ketogenic diet since April of 2014, and when I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've lost about 100 pounds, so I've completely turned my health around. And I can't wait to say the same. <laughs> 100 pounds wise. Now, this show is a document of our experiences thriving for years in ketosis. Oh, yeah. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? No, 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 no. That's a negative. <laughs> we have done some <laughs> research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science yeah. behind that. We hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Uh-huh. We love to cook mm -hmm. and we love to eat. Yep. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that, you know, can't be ignored. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, let's start podcast number 109, The Keto Fest Show. Yeah. Yeah. you so, Richard, do we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show? That was stories from Breckenridge. I don't think we made any mistakes, uh, but of course, if you have any uh, any errata that you want to send us, you know the email address. Sure, dudes at 2ketodudes.com. Mm -hmm. So, how was your week, my friend? Um, well, I got my laptop back. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> yeah. So, here's this long uh, story about what happened was I went to Breckenridge. This was the low-carb Breckenridge conference, and I'm... In like third week of university studies. And so I had a whole bunch of assignments to do while I was in Breckenridge and I had to watch lectures online. And of course, the internet was really lousy. And, and I had my laptop with me so I could f um, submit these assignments. And one of the assignments I had to submit from the American Airlines lounge in Denver Airport because I was going to be there for five hours and so, you know, there was an opportunity to do my assignment and submit it and get it in on time. Well, I left my laptop in the lounge and... Uh, oh, I no. Know, I, and I, so, so my next flight was to LA. I went to LA and uh, both uh, Andrew and Louise and Dr. Stephen Bruckner were on the same flight. And wow, so, cool. Yeah. And so Andrew and Louise had to had to head off early, but Dr. Bruckner and I had a lovely dinner. He got me into the first class lounge, the Qantas lounge in uh, in LAX, which is I tell you it's it's a fancy restaurant. And so um so we got into the first class lounge and you know, we had a nice dinner conversation and I said, Well, I've got to go now because I've got to do my biology assignment. And uh, I went around to the business class lounge, which is the only lounge I'm entitled to go into. <laughs> and uh, and I went to go to, into my backpack to get my laptop out to do this assignment. And the zip on the top of the backpack was open. And uh -oh. I reached in and my laptop wasn't there. And I just had this massive panic attack. Um, well, 
I I called back to Denver Airport to see if I'd left it security because you know as you're getting on the plane you got to take your laptop out and, and they said no it's not in security and then I contacted the the American Airlines lounge just in case and yeah they had it and they couldn't send it to me oh. immediately but they FedExed it to me and a week later it's finally arrived in Australia so that's wow. a, it's a long story but. Uh, Anyway, that's pretty good though. Only yeah. a week. Oh, no, I know. I didn't get my assignment in on time, which was a shame. Yeah. I'm, I'm flying out again this, uh, <laughs> this Friday, uh, to Perth to, to, uh, a low carb conference in Perth. That's like a four and a half hour flight. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know, that's like, you know, on the other side of the continent, it's kind of like yeah. going from New York to Los Angeles, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I'm taking, my, I'm taking my laptop. <laughs> Hopefully I don't <laughs> leave it there because I need to do an assignment on Sunday. So are you like tired, fatigued, jet lagged, all oh, of the yeah. above? Uh, all of the above, yeah. and I've got eight a.m. starts, uh, eight a.m. to six p.m. days at university, which I'm not used to. So that plus yeah. the fact that you know I podcast at two a.m. in the morning, so <laughs> it's yeah, I'm I'm, I'm lacking yeah, right. I'm lacking sleep lately. But that's that's how my <laughs> week has been. Uh, not a lot of sleep. How's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Just a, a report about. Um, uh, my pork belly experiment. Mm. I was off it while we were in Breckenridge, obviously. Sure. And from Breckenridge, I went to the MVP summit and there was just no good food options there. Mm. And I had to do my best, but it, there was not enough fat. And mm -hmm. I ended up putting on some weight and going mm -hmm. off of it Ouch. and eating more than I should have because there's just not enough fat. I mean, mm. it, everybody's got it in their mind that, you know, fat makes you fat. And the opposite is true for me. Yeah. So anyway, I got back. And I bought a little pork belly and turned it into a mini porchetta, which you do. As you do, yeah. And cooked it up. And uh, <laughs> first day I had that, and that was Monday, and this is Wednesday. Tuesday I had a combination of that plus bacon, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of the pork belly, but I also had bacon and some pancetta. Yeah, so so really pork belly with a, with a garnish of pork belly. <laughs> of pork belly and a <laughs> and little cured pork cured belly. pork belly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's been miraculous. Like, I'm not hungry. I feel great. And I'm um, losing weight again. And I'm just, I'm feeling really good about it. That's so wonderful. I'm going to keep going as long as I can. All right. Yeah. So the other news, mm. something that you may have noticed, my friend, when mm. we were in person, but I've developed a benign tremor, mm. mostly in my left hand. Yeah. And I, it, yeah, I did notice. It was like a palsy, sort of. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And it's been happening progressively over the last couple of years or maybe mm. the last year. It's it's pretty mild and mm. it comes and goes and it usually only happens when I'm holding things and it's mostly in my left hand. Mm -hmm. But um, Angel noticed and Megan noticed and they reached out to me and Dr. Fung was like, hey, man, what's going on? Mm. So I, I he asked me a couple of questions like, does it happen when your hand is at rest? And no, it doesn't. Only when I'm holding things and mm -hmm. usually only in the morning. Yeah. And he said that's classic. Uh, essential tremor, like a, a okay. benign tremor. No, nobody really knows what causes it. Wow. Yeah. He he also says it's not like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. It's not that. Oh, that's a relief. Yeah, exactly. But uh, most people just live with it, and until we figure out what causes it, you know, just I get some extra vibrato when I'm yeah, shredding I was say. now. <laughs> so how's it going to affect the guitar? I guess yeah. Just uh, I I don't mm -hmm. I don't think it. It's never affected my guitar playing no. so far. So. Good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like I say, it's usually in the mornings. Mm. It, it's it's a little bit worse, but by the time I'm playing, you know, it's like yeah. nine, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> of <so>. course, <laughs> nice. 
So that was my week, and uh, I, I guess it's time to give away a mug. Yeah, I think we should do that. So we have a fan club uh, that you can get to at fanclub.2keto.com. You answer a few questions, and you go in the draw to win some loot. And every That's week right. we give away some loot to a random person, and today... We're going to give away a mug <laughs> just for something different. Yeah. <laughs> so who have we got? So, <laughs> something different. So, yeah. <laughs> so who are we going to who are we going to pull out of our uh, out of our hat? Well, believe it or not, the winner is none other than James Brown. James Brown. Hey, hit me! <laughs> the Godfather I'm of Soul. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, James. I'm you, I'm sure you're sick of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But that's his name, James Brown, and he won a mug just for being a member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club. And as Richard said, you can go sign up for that at fanclub.2keto.com. Yeah, and if you uh, don't want to wait to win a mug, uh, you can always buy one at gear.2keto.com and pick yourself up a T-shirt and other gear with witty keto sayings on it. That's right. And that brings us to a little segment that we call... I love that. (laughs) Little thing I learned from Blue's Clues. (laughs) All right. This is an anonymous Facebook message. Oh, they're the worst kind. And I'm keeping it anonymous. (laughs) Well, you know, it wasn't anonymous to us, but out of respect, um, this person asked to keep them anonymous. Mm -hmm. And they said, I have to share. During a conversation with a mom this morning, my oldest says, as part of a natural conversation, we can't have sugar. And the other mom responded, I'm sorry. You're sorry she will not likely experience obesity, not likely experience heartburn, suffer rotten teeth, cavities, high blood pressure, swollen, bloated belly, and insulin-resistant induced heart attacks, suffer the plague of metabolic-induced cancers, suffer from type 2 diabetes, rotten toes, and amputations, sorry she will never likely experience Alzheimer's, Never suffer from metabolic syndrome, PCOS, sugar-induced blindness, sugar hangover headaches. Sorry she'll never feel hungry and hangry. That her meals are deeply satisfying. I could go on. (laughs) (laughs) Keto isn't the holy grail, but it most surely is the optimal way of eating for us omnivores. Clearly, manufactured food is toxic. And sadly, real diseases such as type 1 diabetes, childhood leukemia, malaria, cholera aren't getting the resources for research as so much is spent on artificial, manufactured, man-induced illnesses. Dear. Yeah, well said. Well said. Yeah, I think it's worth noting when we talk about manufactured food that it's not uh, necessarily bad. Uh, it's just that, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not that the food manufacturers are, are, are you know, are jerks. They're not evil, doing it. Yeah. They're not evil. They're not doing it. It's just that human beings are hardwired to make short-term decisions about food because, you know, mm. we, we had to in our evolution. We, 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 we think, um, I feel like a donut. I think I'll eat a donut rather than thinking, right. I'm going to need to prioritize some, say, vitamin C over the next several weeks, so as, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to get scurvy. <laughs> you know, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's not that we lack virtue uh, and planning. It's just that we want energy to live to hunt for another day, and, that, and we're hardwired mm. for that. And our institutions reflect us as humans, you know. And right. so, you know, there's there's not much incentive to make a product that is nutritionally complete, but there is a lot of incentive to make one that triggers your bliss points so that you'll, you know, you'll buy it. And uh, mm. there's also incentive to make it from the cheapest possible raw materials because of the, you know, the profit motive. 
And right. so, you know, this is why we fill processed food with cheap seed oils and seed starches and sugars. And, you know, it's not because these companies are right. evil. It's 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 because they want to stay in business, you know, because if they don't yeah. do that, they won't stay in business. So, um, If there was a business model where most people were eating uh, healthier food uh, over the non-healthy food, they'd follow suit. Sure they would. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's but it's it. the processed flours and carbohydrates that are the most damaging because, as Jason Fung says, they're like crack cocaine. They go into your bloodstream so fast mm. and they hit your liver so fast that uh, there, there isn't a chance to process anything else. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's true. I, really, learning to cook for yourself is is the way to get out from under this, this, you know, this plague. Yeah, it sure is. So, sure is. So that's what I got. What do you got? So I've got one from uh, Stuart on the forum, and he says, do you need to eat at a caloric deficit to lose weight? I've been keto for eight plus months, and I've lost 25 pounds, but I've been stalled for a month floating between 220 and 219. I'm a type 2 diabetic on Lantus, Metformin, and Victoza. Uh, I'm down to 20 units a day of, of uh, Lantus, which is the insulin, but I can't seem to get my blood mm-hmm. glucose low enough to keep weaning off more uh, of my drugs. I'm, I'm usually between 100 and 114 with the insulin and about 140 without. So if he takes his insulin, he, you know, he, he, can, he can keep it down to 100, his blood glucose mm-hmm. to 100. Uh, and he's not taking a lot, only 20 a day, but still... Um, he goes on to say, I'm hearing a lot of different advice. I just need to reset a course that I can believe in. Uh, I feel much better on keto, but really I want to get off insulin and to continue to lose weight and get healthier. I'm contemplating 16-8 intermittent fasting and going mostly carnival for a bit. And he's just asking for advice or thoughts. Hmm. I have no idea. Well, I I have a couple of ideas. I, I think one thing it's worth knowing is that, that by the time most type twos are on insulin, they've got very little beta cell function remaining. So um, right. it's right at the end of the of the disease process when you have less options. And so um, yeah. if you can get, uh, I guess, time at a, at a at lower chronic levels of glucose can in- increase your beta cell mass. So you can reverse yeah. that. As, as long as you can get glucose down um, and, and time at higher chronic levels will decrease your beta cell mass and make things worse. Mm. And so um, there's this, you know, we, we talk about it, uh, this uh, knee of the curve or the, the beginning of the slippery slope around 110 milligrams per deciliter. If right. we if we have glucose higher than that, we kill off beta cells faster than we can make new ones. And if we have it below right. that, we can make new ones faster than we kill them off. So that's... Now, that's this uh, sort of f- f- um, pivot point there. Um, so I w- my, my advice is to keep glucose as low as you can, even if that means you have to in- inject some insulin, uh, and, and, and hope that that gives you the uh, ability to grow back some of the capacity of your own beta cells. Um, so I, I guess, you know, don't go completely off insulin. Uh, you might be able to reduce it further over time as your pancreas sort of kicks in. Um, but I suspect, um, uh, it's what it's doing right now. That insulin is, is supporting your pancreatic function to give your own beta cells a break. And yeah. So what about fasting? I, I know that Jason says, Jason Fung, mm. that if you're on medication, you know, such as these, and you f- do an extended fast that you're you run the risk of your blood sugar going too low right but yeah. an intermittent fast like you're talking about here Stuart 
16, eight, you know, 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating mm-hmm. is probably a good place to start. Yeah. And just watch it, you know, just watch it. If it goes too low, you want to eat some more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would certainly uh, use that as an option. Um, I, you really don't want to really mess with extended fasting you no. know, until, until, you've, until you've managed to get your body able to produce enough insulin to be able to um, deal with the amount of glucose that you're making. So, um, right. you know, that's, I think the other thing is that weight loss, um, for most diabetics, weight loss is really a secondary goal. Um, you know, Stuart's lost 25 pounds, so it shows that he was able to bring his chronic insulin levels down, which which mm-hmm. is a great thing. Um, it it also that I mean, just bringing his insulin levels down means less chronic vascular damage, less cardiovascular right, sure. risk, um, and a reduction in a lot of these diabetic symptoms that happen from uh, vascular damage. And so, if, if it was me. Um, those would be my primary goals. Um, and I would see uh, your weight loss stall not as a failure but as a success. Uh, re- I agree. Yeah, it, it really means that your body fat has now started doing its own jo- its job properly, which is to hold on to energy when you're in the fed state. Mm. He, he just needs to get insulin to go lower so that he can move into a fasting state. Uh, and I don't right. mean doing an extended fast. I mean just the body yeah. switches between this ebb and flow of fed to fasted and – Doing some intermittent fasts, you know, where he doesn't eat for sixteen hours, might actually help that uh, particular might. part of the process. But I would, uh, I would also, and it's very important we say this. You know, don't take this as medical advice. No, no, no. Work with your doctor, mm-hmm. monitor those blood glucose levels, you know, and, and have the doctor adjust your your meds accordingly. Also, uh, you know, reach out to Jason and Megan if you haven't already. There, yeah. you know, and, and read some of their stuff. Listen to the Obesity Code podcast. Absolutely. You might get some good ideas there. Yeah, it's not a competition. You you don't have mm. to compete with anyone to get a lower glucose level. You, but you need to get yours as low as you can um, with the tools that you have, including um, you know your doctor's advice and and the medication that he puts you on, and uh, and the diet and and. Time restricted eating, all of these things are going to be beneficial for you to be able to bend the needle of, of your disease back towards recovery and away from progression. Yeah. Good luck. Yep. Good luck. Definitely. Yep. Well, that brings us to our content. Uh, it's all about Keto Fest. Yeah. And it's not just going to be a, a pitch for you to come. Uh, that's we're, we're not going to do that for the whole <laughs> entire time. We have a lot of things to talk about, don't we, Richard? We do. We do. I, I think it's worth saying that we've, we've got this Kickstarter out for the month of March, and we're exactly halfway through the Kickstarter in terms of time. It's the 15th of mm-hmm. March as we record this right now. Mm-hmm. And we're exactly halfway through our revenue goal um, to be able mm-hmm. to get the Kickstarter happening. So for those people who don't know what a Kickstarter is, it's a mechanism to reduce risk. And what it does is it allows us to put out an idea, uh, such as you know doing this ketogenic festival, um, and uh, for people to fund it. And uh, if it doesn't meet its funding goals, we, we've set a, a goal of eighty thousand. That's what that's what we're going to need to be able to put it on. And if right. it doesn't meet the funding goals, then all of the money gets returned. If it does meet the funding goals, then everybody who's who's funded uh, gets the the product that they funded, which is a ticket to Keto Fest for the most part. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a win win. <laughs> Classic crowdfunding, right? Yeah. We are sort of quote unquote selling tickets in advance, mm. and there's no charge to you unless we meet our goal. Yeah. 
So if we don't meet our goal, that's kind of sad because Keto Fest won't happen. Either yep. that or we'll have to find some other way to, to, to do it. Mm. Um, so what we're asking of you, even if you you can't attend Keto Fest, which we encourage you to check it out at ketofest.com. Mm-hmm. If you can't attend, we still want you to share yeah. far and wide because, you know, it, it, it won't happen mm-hmm. unless, unless we get those uh, tickets sold in advance. And we've got some big plans for it this year. And, um, you know, this, the, the good thing about Keto Fest is last year was our first and we were right. an unknown quantity. And so a lot of people t- took a gamble on us. Um, and, uh, and they came without knowing quite what we were going to put on. And the response mm-hmm. from people who did come was overwhelming. Everybody said, overwhelming. I can't wait to do this again. So, um, it wasn't just the attendees, it was the speakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you heard Dr. Westman talking about how it was his favorite event mm. last year. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we we had fun. You mm. know, it, it, the whole idea is that we want to put on a festival, not just a conference. So festivals of a people. Yeah, we have scientific talks, but we also have you know pig roast, and we have music, and we have walking tours, and wine and cheese tastings, and, right. and cycle tours, mm-hmm. um, Segway tours. We didn't do cycle tours last year. We might try to do that. We had a problem with a bike shop. Mm. That's okay. Yeah. We'll try to figure that out. Yeah. But we're also this year doing twice as many science talks. Yeah. So we're going to have another venue mm-hmm. uh, in addition to the Guard Theater. And they're both going to run in parallel, right? Yeah. And one is going to be for technical and science and research mm-hmm. uh, talks. And the other is going to be for practical applications nice. of that science yeah. and research. So we're going to have a technical stream and a practical stream, and you can choose which one that you want to go to. And we're mm-hmm. going to record all of these so that attendees can can see videos of the ones that they weren't able to get to, or or ones that they did mm-hmm. go, you know, to 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 refresh their their memories. Um, we're going to live stream uh, content from both of the venues as well, uh, so there'll be live streaming available. Um, and uh, we're also planning on, on increasing the size of the kitchen that we used last year. Yeah, that's really important because last year we used the kitchen at Spark Makerspace, which is sort of a community kitchen. It was a commercially licensed kitchen, yeah, but it was in the midst of, you know, 3D printers and a wood shop shop. and all of that stuff. It was a bit claustrophobic, yeah. It was a bit claustrophobic. We also, in that particular kitchen, didn't have the capacity to do more than 40 covers for any dish. So we had to give away tickets and everybody got a couple of tickets. They could choose tastings from from you know from the eight that were done that day yeah we had to kick people out after the the demonstrations of uh you know to 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 let a new bunch of people in and yeah it was exactly yeah so it was you know we we did the best with what we could do Mm. right now this year i want to tell you about a new friend of ours his name is robert ramsey Mm -hmm. and he's a chef and uh he's from new york and he came up a couple of years ago to New London and opened a restaurant called Montauk House. Nice. Which has been killing it and mm. doing great food. And then he sort of wanted to partner with the Spark Maker Space and kick the kitchen up a notch. He wanted to turn the wood shop into a full production kitchen. Wow. And I met with him last year uh, in the in the fall. And he said, yep, I have this dream to, to turn that whole wood shop into this. And, you know, Spark Maker Space is going to... Mm-hmm move into a better place and this is all going to be kitchen. And I was like, hmm, 
Really? That's kind of ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a little taken aback at my skepticism because yep. this guy just gets stuff done. Good. Sure enough, a few months later, like last month, I walk into this place and he's done it. So what's it look like? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole area, and we'll post pictures, the whole mm-hmm. area where everybody was standing is still there, but now he's got tables and he does a brunch on the weekends and it's standing room only. It's nice. packed. Nice. Not only that, but the wood shop in the back mm-hmm. is gone. It's it's a full production kitchen. Wow. He's got refrigeration. He's got four or five stations. He's got the, you know, the sinks and the and the dishwasher. He's got a sous vide station. He's got a vacuum sealer. Nice. Um, yeah, he's got uh, induction burners. So we don't Just, have to keep going up and down those stairs, the rickety old stairs to the basement to the cool room in yeah. the basement. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And not only that, but he's got the staff to do all the covers for everybody. Nice. So let's say we get two or 300 people. Mm-hmm. Maybe we get 200 people in there. Uh, you know, if 200 people want a cover of Kim's lemon curd tarts, you got it. We can do we're that. We're going to do that. Outstanding. So we're totally kicking the food up a notch at this, uh, at this place. And it's now called RD86. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So between the kicked up food... And the double speakers, mm-hmm. that's why we're charging uh, a little bit more for the ticket and we're going for a bigger goal yeah. this year. We want to double the number of people as well. I mean, we had like uh, 200 almost 300 people last year. We had, um, th- yeah, we had over 300, including the staff and speakers. Yeah. And this year we want to, we want to get almost double. So, um, that's right. our goal because we want to double the size of this event every year. Um, we're going to turn the whole town of New London, Connecticut ketogenic for the weekend. And right. what happened last year really was interesting because the locals saw all the people coming in and went, wow, these are great people. They, they, mm. they, they, um, they saw the food that we were eating and said, you know, these guys eat really well and they're all losing weight. And so yeah. a lot of locals in New London have uh, have uh, come on board with the whole ketogenic diet. So the, sure. our goal really, I mean, we, 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 we've got uh, Carl's doing regular events every month uh, with keto meetups and he's got like 300 people involved in that. And we just, um, we really would like to make New London, Connecticut a ketogenic town all year round so you know that's that's who wouldn't want their town to be ketogenic all year (laughs) round i mean come on (laughs) we're talking about bacon on demand here we are we'll we'll do we'll do canberra (laughs) next huh (laughs) yeah well we have some ideas about that but Mm. before we leave the context of new london yeah um Another one of the things that we did at Keto Fest last year that we plan to do again this year is we went around to all the local restaurants, and I say all of them, I mean every one of them in walking distance. Yeah. And we walked in and told them about the ketogenic diet, and you were with me, Richard. Yeah, I was. We did it together. We looked at their menu and said, here's things that we think that you could you know, sell mm. based on what your menu is. Only one of them turned us down because you know, the, the owner was too busy. He didn't get it. He didn't understand, and that's fine. Yeah. But- we did uh, pizza on a plate mm-hmm. at Wings and Pies where they had chicken wings and, and pizzas. Yeah. Meaning that you, if you ask for it on a plate, no matter what the pizza is, it just comes, you put all the toppings and cheese on a plate, put it in the oven, melt it, serve it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. And we had pad thai using shirataki yes. noodles and uh We and, talked uh, about that last week, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right? That was awesome. How this guy just, we blew his mind, this chef with shirataki yeah. noodles. Yeah. We also had uh, the two biggest ones were hot rods, which mm-hmm. serves wings, 
plus ribeye and other meats and things. They did a pint of and bacon. It was outstanding. Yes. It was like the it was like the best <laughs> appetizer you could ever have is a pint glass with bacon. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. four or five slices of bacon. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and he did prime rib and ribeye mm, and yeah. um, you know some Brussels sprouts and things like that. And he also made my chocolate mousse. Nice. Well, that's where I had dinner that night. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Daddy Jack's is a Italian place mm-hmm. and uh, also a pizzeria. And mm. they agreed to do Carl's head, fat head, whatever you want to call it. We used we used the eggless recipe. Yeah. Uh, pizza crusts and put pizzas on them. What they weren't prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> was 150 people coming in to sit down and all ordering a Carl's Head pizza at the same time. They got slammed. <laughs> they got slammed. Uh, Steve, the pizza guy, I walked in, hey, how you doing? And he let out a series of expletives <laughs> that I cannot say in mixed company. No. Or on the air. Or on the air. So, so what happened was um, myself and one of the chefs at the kitchen made 50 crusts ahead of time and get brought them down to Daddy Jack's. And so really all they had to do is put the topping on the crust, which was already made, put it in the oven for a minute and do it. But the problem, of course, with Carl's Head Pizza is that, you know, it melts. So right. they have to, it, it needs a little more tending. This year, what we plan to do is give them at least 100, 150 crusts, and they'll do them on a salamander. Right. Which is a, a, a like a broiler, but it yeah. comes down really close and just heats it up. So yeah. they'll put it on a pizza pan, they'll put the toppings, put it on a salamander, and this year everything's gonna all the pizzas are gonna be served buffet style. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So the idea is that you'll be able to just they'll just keep cranking them out and you'll be able to just go grab a slice, grab a slice, grab a slice until you're satiated. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's head pizza. To satiety. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, yeah. So, in other words, we learned a few things and we're, mm-hmm. we're planning more. Now, one of the things Richard mentioned is that I'm doing these monthly local meetup things. Exactly, yeah. Well, I, I started a New London County ketogenic meetup group, and I encourage you to do the same mm. in your town, in your county, at meetup.com. And we have about 250 members now just over. And so these are all people locally who are interested in ketogenic stuff. Now, in talking to Robert, we discovered two things. We want to do more events Mm -hmm. and we want to sell food. Yeah. Because he's got the facility and he's got a local market for brunch that isn't ketogenic, Mm -hmm. but more is better. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do two things. First of all, we're going to start making oopsie bread and selling it. Eventually, we're going to start shipping it. Nice. How cool would that be? Yeah. So shipping it locally to to people in New London, or shipping it with you know frozen uh, the way um, Fox Hill Kitchens ships their um, bagels, which is you freeze them and you send them and you tell people, you know, you need to send them overnight and mm-hmm. refrigerate immediately. Nice. Yeah. So we'll, we're we're working on that. That's not happening yet. But the second one is an idea that we had for monthly keto mini fests. Oh. A one-day version of Keto Fest. Compressed. Compressed, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is also something that you can do, listeners, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute. Mm. But the idea is that we'll, we'll do 
here in New London, we're going to do cooking lessons because we have the kitchen. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do a, a cooking lesson in the morning for some breakfasty type thing like waffles or salmon frittata. Nice. Salmon brie and asparagus <laughs> frittata. Yeah. Louise. Yeah. You know? And then we're, we'll go up to Pop Studios, which is just a block up the street. Mm-hmm. And we'll, do, we'll, we'll see, we'll watch online presentations unless we can get somebody, you know, to do a presentation and come locally. Um, but we'll watch an online presentation and then we'll get live remote Q&A with the presenter. I Skype them in, yeah. Skype them in. So Eric Westman has agreed to do this for uh, Saturday, April 7th, which is our first one. <gasps> I'll You're going to be here. Yeah. I'm going to be here. Yeah, that's going to be a party. So it's going to be a yeah. mini fest. And Megan Ramos also said she might be able to do that in the mm-hmm. morning. Nice. So we get a couple of presentations. You and I do a presentation. We have live Q&A with Dr. Westman, with uh, with Megan. And then we go back to, at around 3 o'clock, we go back to RD86 and we make dinner. Nice. Together. Like, we make dinner. Outstanding. So, so this is separate from Keto Fest, the event, which yeah. we're still doing on the 21st of July this year. Um, Correct. And you have to go to the Kickstarter if you want to get a VIP ticket. There's not many of those left. Um, and we should talk about the VIP tickets. We should tickets talk about because, the VIP tickets because the only yeah. way to get them is to kickstart. <laughs> That's right. The VIP ticket gives you the weekend pass to Keto Fest, but it also gives you access to the VIP party, mm. which is at my house. At least it was last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be again this year, mm-hmm. we hope. Yeah. The idea is that all the speakers come and you and I cook. Mm, we do. Last year, I made keto clam chowder. You made Julie's German red cabbage. Mm-hmm. And we both made 48-hour sous vide chuck roast. Oh, how good was that? That was really yeah. good. <laughs> and Louise Reynolds made cheesecake. Yeah. For dessert. And Louise and I both smuggled beer, zero-carb beer in from Australia. Shh. Don't tell, <laughs> Don't tell customs. <laughs> so we 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 bought in some uh, some ca- ca- cases of beer. I think well, Andrew and Louise and I, the th- we can the three of us can each bring a case in by ourselves. You know, that, yeah, that that's yeah, okay. Yeah. That customs are, are fine with that. So we're going to have uh, at least six dozen because uh, mm. yeah, <laughs> that's that's crazy. <laughs> that's, but that's okay. a good start. So yeah, don't yeah. tell anybody that. Okay. <laughs> well, last year we only sold sixty. VIP tickets because, you know, my house can only hold so many people. Yeah. And, you know, with the 40 or 50 admins, there was 100 people in the house. And they went really quickly. I mean, it, this was like oh. the, this was the ticket. And, and, and they went so quickly that people were complaining, you know, I didn't, ha- didn't have a chance to kickstart early enough. And right. so I missed out on, on the, the VIP ticket. And it was like yeah. an extra hundred, for an extra hundred bucks, you get three days worth mm. of all the, f- you know, f- of food, of events, of, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and you get to hang out with the speakers and get, get FaceTime with them. Yeah. So this year, what we've decided to do is bump that up to 110 tickets. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> it's going to be crowded. No, no, no. We're transforming my front yard into a party space as well. Nice. So putting yeah. a dance floor down and a marquee up and and yeah, exactly, and some yeah. seats and some lighting and you know wow. maybe an outdoor bar that kind of thing, some music. And, and the whole idea is now you'll have the outdoor, the front outdoor space, mm-hmm. you'll have inside the house and, you know, big kitchen, big granite island and, you know, great time in the house. And then the deck. And then the deck out yeah. back, which is enormous. <laughs> so. It is. So we're bumping it up. We're, mm-hmm. we're allowing more people to come and have that experience because it was so popular last year. Yeah. 
I mean, how many other opportunities are you going to get to 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 uh, talk to Eric Westman about uh, your ketogenic diet, or Professor Richard David Feynman, or you know Ivor mm. Cummins, Jeffrey Gerber, Ambro Hearn? Yeah, yeah, and we can add a few new people this year. Yeah, Nina Teicholz. Yeah. Well, she she's, she's only going to come if it's kickstarted. So that's right. You know, that's the that's the deal. If you if you want to come and hang out with Nina, get one of those yep. rare VIP tickets really quickly and uh, help us kickstart this project. Yeah. Also, Peter Ballasted oh, wants to come. Outstanding. This yeah. Is the, this is the the, the, the Ruminati. Meat guy, the Ruminati. The Ruminati <laughs> will be in session. <laughs> he will be here. Mm. Uh, if all goes to plan, and also our friend Jimmy Moore. Jimmy Moore. He wants to come and. And speak. I'd love to have Jimmy there. And Ivor Cummings has uh, said that he's going to come to Keto Fest. So, you yeah. know, uh, now he's got Absolutely. a book to sell. Now he's got a book to sell. He, can, <laughs> he, he won't I have a problem I just saw Ivor on national Irish television right. uh, on primetime. Yeah. And he was representing the keto diet. Yeah. Did great. Getting slammed, ambushed. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Mm. You know, he was getting slammed by a calories in, calories out guy. Yeah. <laughs> who had his head in the sand, yeah. didn't understand things, but- Okay. So, should we talk now about how you can get involved with your own versions of Keto Fest? Yeah. So, after we've done our Keto Fest in July, what we're going to do is we're going to package up uh, the concept of, of Keto Fest so that anybody can do a Keto Fest in their own backyard. And we'll have all of the, the uh, what we've learned about in, in the process of doing Keto Fest. Um, we'll have uh, uh, licensing so that you can use the name and we'll have support uh, to uh, help you get the project off the ground. And it could be a mini Keto, a keto mini, mini Fest like Carl's doing in New London, or it could be the full three-day festival. Um, right. And it's, We're it's, basically laying down the things that we require in order for you to use the Keto Fest name and to have our support. So, yeah. of course, you can do your own festivals without the word Keto Fest. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. But if you're going to use that word in the media and, you know, you, you also have to use the logos, um, you, we will list it and advertise it at KetoFest.com or KetoMiniFest.com. Those are the two uh, entities that we'll use. Mm-hmm. We will give you an ad on two keto dudes about it. Um, you can use all of our graphics, logos, and digital materials. You'll have access to our graphic designers, our brochure printers, and sign makers, and those may require additional fees. And you'll have access to the speakers and the doctors and the scientists who have spoken at our events. Mm-hmm. And we'll help you book them as well. Yeah, we'll help you book them. We'll introduce you to them, and uh, you, you you will. Additional fees may apply there because, you know, mm-hmm. you do have to pay them. Mm. Uh, and, and if you want to have us at your event, we'll, we can talk about that. And, of course, if we can't make it physically, we can try to make a remote presence. Yeah. You know, for your keynote. Yeah, we really want this thing to be a grassroots event. So the Keto Fest is running all over the world. Um, like we can have summer events in, in America. And during the American winter, we can have summer events in Australia, uh, mm. South Africa, um, Sweden, the UK, I mean, the UK, all over Europe, France. These are these are places that that you know are crying out for a keto fest. So absolutely, yeah, everywhere, anywhere. Yeah. So you know, it does take some coordination, and that's why we're putting together this document. We call mm. it the Keto Fest Manifesto. Yeah, and uh, it, it sort of outlays the things that we had to do to make Keto Fest a success that you will have to think about as well. It's a template, really. Yeah, yeah, it's a template, and as I said before. You know, the certain things you have to have, you have to have a science Sunday and a social Saturday. Mm. And then there are things that are optional. Obviously, cooking demonstrations 
uh, is tough to pull off if you don't have, you know, a, a, a community kitchen. Yeah, you need a teaching kitchen, really, but... Uh, but it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could do... Um, you can have people standing in front of a screen showing a video of themselves cooking and narrating the process and mm-hmm. and then have wait staff come out and and deliver samples of the food so you can you can get almost the right. same experience in a in a regular conference center so um, anyway we've got lots of ideas uh, some good places to think about are places of worship mm. churches synagogues whatever because they usually have kitchens that can support you know 100 plus people sure and they're you know they're allowed to do that mm. So that might be an idea. Um, if you have a friend that has a restaurant that's all into keto and uh, they want to open up their, you know, restaurant for you yeah. uh, as a special event on a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, that's another idea. Some restaurants are closed on Sundays. So mm-hmm. like Daddy Jack's, I know, is closed on Sundays. And right. if I went to him and said, hey, I could bring in 100, 150 people here on a Sunday mm-hmm. and we could do some uh, some fun stuff and, you know, money for you, obviously. Yeah. But they that, also that get to know his out. restaurant as well. So this is an opportunity yeah, exactly. to advertise what he does. Yeah. Right. So uh, we don't have that document ready yet. We're still working on it. But just to plant the seed that we want you to take these ideas and run with them. Uh, you know, we'd love to have uh, these things replicated. We've proven that it can be done. Yeah. We've also shown that the people who actually came to the event loved it. Everybody loved the experience of going out to a restaurant in a town and being able to choose just about any restaurant and know that everybody else in that restaurant was probably eating ketogenic. The wait staff right. knew how to help you manage any any meal on the menu to be ketogenic. Mm. Uh, nobody thought you were the weird for, for ordering extra butter. In fact, I think in some <laughs> cases we actually put extra butter on every table so we just you know, put it on the table <laughs> yeah, exactly right. so um you know it's uh, people love that experience i had people coming up to me afterwards in tears just saying i have never had such a great experience uh, at, a, mm. at an event because i'm used to being the one weird person in town who orders butter on my right. steak you know so yeah, uh, that's right so that so so you know it, it there was there's a, a, re- a reservoir of goodwill from that um, and, uh, and you know, that, that's, uh, that's, it, it's worth doing an event like this just to, to please people in that way, because, you know, sure is. it's, yeah, we, we, those of us with type two diabetes with, you know, suffering the scourge of obesity, and metabolic syndrome, um, this is an opportunity to meet other people just like you. And who knows, there might be people in your town who have done it. You know, I, I can think of a few people in my town who've reversed type 2 diabetes, right. who've lost over 100 pounds, and who are just completely healthy today off all their medications just because of the ketogenic diet. And uh, those are people that you want to bring up in the keynote. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling a bit peckish. How about you? I'm a little bit peckish. And, you know, I think I'm going to do... And what's more, I'm going to do the recipe that I proposed to do at Keto Fest this year. Ah. And I've actually done this before on like our third or fourth episode two years ago. And this recipe is salmon bacon and sous vide salmon. And now we ate this mm. just last week, right? Oh, my God. I, when that was the first time I had had it. And yeah. Tell everybody what my reaction was. Yeah, I, Carl was over the moon. He said, like, I, I have newfound respect for your cooking talent because he oh, yeah. never had fish so buttery. 
It was so buttery and so good, and the bacon skin. Oh. And we had we oh. so we started off with two sides of salmon. We we planned to feed twenty people, and we had this place at Breckenridge where there was, I think it was like uh, twelve or fifteen of us living in this house in Breckenridge. But we invited anybody, so anybody anybody who showed up at the door with a sort of a hungry look on their face, we, we would gladly feed. And yeah. uh, so we uh, and it turned out that forty six people showed up, and I'd made yeah. I'd planned to make twenty. I think I made twenty three. Uh, covers just in case you know and it 46 people showed up so i gave everybody half a serve and nobody cared because you know, there was so much food you know and there was so much food it turned out to be a perfect portion yeah so um so this is really uh this is what we're doing is we're doing sous vide salmon and what we're going to do is we're going to remove the skin of the salmon first and i've got up on my blog, I've got the process of how to remove the salmon. But basically what you do is you cut your salmon, a side of salmon, into steaks. So um, they're about uh, two inches wide steaks. Uh, and then at one end of the salmon, at the darker end, so a salmon is, is uh, white on the bottom and dark on the top. I think most fish are, so that fish underneath mm. just see, see uh, the white of the belly uh, against the white mm. of the sky and so that you know so um on the black side so that's going to be the top side there's a little fat uh cap down the middle of the fish and you can pull that off and you or you can pull that aside and that gives you like a little um uh flap to be able to start the process of removing the skin ah you're going to slice the skin off, and what you're going to do is you're going to put it between two cookie trays and between some parchment paper and bake it until crispy, and that's the bacon. Now, do you put any seasoning on it while you cook it or cut it before you cook it? So I put a little bit of salt on it and a little bit of macadamia oil, but you could use coconut oil. Uh, there is still some fat in the 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 in the layer of uh, uh, just short of the skin, but you're going to cut through that layer, so you're going to be cutting through some of the fat. So you might okay. need to add a little bit more fat to just to help it get to temperature okay. But, gotcha. So you basically bake it until crispy, and, and you know, this is um, – this satisfies sort of a crispy texture yeah. that was that's so rare in ketogenic uh, it's, eating. It's missing, yeah. Except if you're eating bacon and cheese crisps, skin, and that kind of stuff. Basically, yeah, fried yeah, skin. skin. So now for Pork the sous rinds. for the sous vide, um, you know, it's uh, so what you're going to be doing with the sous vide. First of all, you're going to take your salmon steaks and you're going to brine them in a ten percent brine solution. So that's for every liter of water, you want a hundred grams of salt. You want to yeah. uh, brine it in that. I normally brine it for like 30 minutes um, to a couple of hours. Yeah, what this will do is it'll stop the, the, the fish from becoming dry, but it will also uh, prevent the albumin from coming out of the flesh when you cook it. And the albumin is this white milky sort of liquid. It's, it's a protein. And yeah. basically what happens yeah. when you cook fish, you end up with this milky white stuff everywhere. This mm. will keep that protein inside the salmon steak so, um, nice. so, so you won't see it. So what we're going to do is we, we, we brine it and then we wash off the brine and then we put it in a bag. Now, I smear it with just a little bit of miso paste. I use a red miso. But you use a white miso as well. And miso is a fermented soybean product. It's pure umami. It is. Right? It is. And it, yeah. it, 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 it adds. Buttery. Yeah. And, and you can add a little bit. Of, we, added, we had some cultured butter 
at yeah. Breckenridge, and I I melted that and added that to the the uh, miso, and then pasted that, and I just put it on one surface of the fish, put it in right. the bag, and that's all I did with, the, and then vacuum sealed the bag. So that's all I did. It's already salted. It's already seasoned. Absolutely, you got a little miso, a little culture mm. butter. By the way, shout out to Pamela Zorn. Oh, that's for so good. No relation to Brenda, but <laughs> yeah. a good friend who brought that cultured butter. She also brought wine. Yeah, and homemade burrata. Yeah, and while we're on the subject of keto fest, she's actually got a really fascinating thing she plans to do for this keto fest coming along. So she's going. Mm do cheese making demonstrations so teach you how to make yeah. cheese so um anyway I, yeah i digress <laughs> and hopefully we'll get a mozzarella cheese making kit in every bag oh, that'd, be, that'd be awesome so um so anyway mm. uh, i've got the fish is in a bag and i put them in the fridge and they can stay in the fridge for a couple of days if you need them to um do mm. do all this ahead of time and uh and you only need to cook uh, the amount of salmon that you're going to eat. So, it, and it takes about right. about 30 minutes in the sous vide. So, there's two ways to cook this. If you want to make sure that the fish is pasteurized, so you're going to cook it over the pasteurization curve. Hmm. Uh, you do this to reduce the chance of foodborne illness. Um, you want to cook it at 57 degrees Celsius or 135 Fahrenheit, and that cooks it to a medium cuisson, which is the doneness of the of the meat. But also you have to cook it at that temperature for a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, it's about 15 minutes. And then and then once it's done, it can just sit in the bath and you can probably – you probably don't want to cook fish for more than an hour because the enzymes in the fish start to break down the proteins and then it gets mm. sort of mealy. Mm. Uh, but it can – we did this in Breckenridge. We weren't ready with the rest of the food, so we just left the salmon in the, in the sous vide, just go – Blipping along at its temperature, just happy, sitting in its warm bath, yeah. getting ready mm -hmm. for us. So, so, um, so we have, uh, so 57 degrees and you do it for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and, and, and you can leave it in for up to an hour. So if you want it to be perfect, you need to take <laughs> a risk. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, ideally fish is, uh, salmon is best medium rare. The yeah. problem is you can't do this under the pasteurization curve because you need to either cook it long enough that the enzymes are already starting to break things down, uh, yeah. or you need to cook it at a high temperature, which obviously, you know, you, you don't, that won't be medium rare. It'll be medium or well right. done. So for medium rare, the temperature that you want is 125 Fahrenheit or 52 Celsius. And mm. it's under the pasteurization curve, but then so is sushi. So, you know, it's, it's, it, you right. And if you get risk. sushi grade salmon, exactly. You know, and you're brining it, the salt will tend to, to kill some bacteria. So you, uh, you know, it's a risk worth taking in my book. Yeah. Unless you're immunocompromised. So that's, that's, right. that's, that's my rule. The way I present this is I, I mix up some, Mayonnaise with uh, some uh, smashed avocado and some wasabi paste, and mm. uh, I smear a little bit of that on top of the salmon. So I, I so I pull the salmon out of the bag, cut the end of the bag off, and and you know pull it out with a spatula. Put a little bit of this wasabi avocado mayonnaise over the top, and then just lay the uh, uh, the bacon. <laughs> The salmon skin bacon over the top of it and put a little fennel salad on the side. And that's how we served oh. it in Breckenridge. We also made a little sour cream and dill sauce, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little 
yeah. tzatziki sauce kind yeah. of. It, well, that was a, that was a that was a just that was just a creme fraiche. Well, it was sour cream because that was all we could get. But you can use creme mm. fraiche and some dill weed uh, fronds and just chop those up and yeah. uh, squeeze a little bit of lemon juice in it and uh, and you can use that as well uh, as a dressing on top uh, of the salmon. Um, but um, the mayonnaise didn't really set up well. At altitude, I didn't realize this, but it's very difficult to make um, an emulsion of mayonnaise at alt- altitude in Breckenridge. Mm. Is like, was yeah, it fourteen thousand yeah. feet or something ridiculous? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, that uh, so the, the the it was delicious. It was delicious. So the, the so the the creme fraiche and the dill weed was a backup plan in case I couldn't get the mayonnaise to work, and it ended up being sort of like oil soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was delicious. So though. that's my meal. So what have you got, Carl? Well, what I have is uh, something uh, delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a riff on baked stuffed peppers. Okay. The keto style. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the problem I've always had with keto stuffed peppers is there's not a fat. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of protein and uh-huh. not a lot of fat. So, this one uh, attempts to get some more fat in there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you're going to need three green bell peppers, halved Cap- and cleaned. Capsicum in Australia. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. A pound of ground beef or pork or a combination thereof mm-hmm. you want uh, a bag or eight ounces of konjac rice shirataki right. rice mm-hmm. and the one that i use is called miracle rice nice you want about a half a pound of fresh pork sausage mm. that could be italian sausage just watch for sugar uh it could be sage sausage it could be whatever you like i you know just some sort of sausage that you like it so could be th- chorizo so i think so sausage isn't links is it Sausage is just like the mincemeat. Well, sausage is both. In the United States, okay. uh, it's it comes in two forms. It comes in links, yeah. and it comes in you know just freestyle. Yeah, mincemeat. Yeah. So S- I liked minced chorizo. That has yeah. got such good flavor. Uh, that's what I like. Nice. So in Australia, you you sausages are always the links. So we call we okay. call the rest mince mincemeat. Mince. Um, but yeah. you can if you in Australia if you want to make if you want to basically uh, make uh, uh, sausage meat, you just get fresh sausages, cut them open and just squeeze them out and you've got right. minced meat to be able to use for something like this. The chorizo um, sausage links that we get here in North America, most of the time are really dry. Right, and so yeah. there are places that sell um, packaged minced chorizo that is a Mexican mm. chorizo, I believe, mm-hmm. that really, really is... is, is uh, what am I trying to say? It's juicy. It's right. It's, it's fattier. It's, it's, it's not fresh. Smoke. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. So now you need a half a pound of bacon that's cooked and crumbled. My favorite mm, way to make bacon, bacon of course, <laughs> is on a parchment paper on a cookie sheet in the oven, three hundred yeah. degrees until it's done, which is about mm-hmm. fifteen twenty minutes. Uh, you want two ounces of crushed pork rinds. Mm-hmm. You want eight ounces of shredded mozzarella cheese. You want half a cup of grated Pecorino Romano cheese. Okay. You want two cups of mushrooms chopped. So just take mushrooms, chop them, measure out two cups. Mm -hmm. You want a half a small onion. This is optional. Everybody knows that sweet onions have some sugar, natural sugars in them. Mm -hmm. But if you want that onion flavor and uh, you don't mind using onion powder, you can do that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't cook with onions for my wife because she has an allergy to onions. But right. in my recipe, I take a half of a small onion, chop it up, and put it in there. Nice. Now, three or four cloves of garlic, crushed, of course, 
mm-hmm. you're going to fry all this stuff in two tablespoons to four tablespoons, because, you know, up to you, mm-hmm. of ghee or olive oil, cultured butter, whatever it is. Doesn't matter. It's up to mm-hmm. you. Nice. I like to use ghee. Mm-hmm. And I like to use four tablespoons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to start by uh, preheating the oven at 350. Mm-hmm. You're going to thoroughly rinse the konjac rice underwater until any residual smell goes away. Sometimes you get a smell. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. Konjac here in Australia lately, they've, they've been selling a version that has no smell. And they actually, they manufacture it so it has no smell. Yeah, same here. And I think Miracle Rice is the same way. But if it is smelly and it's still smelly after you rinse it, zap it in the microwave for 30 seconds, rinse again, and just keep repeating until the smell goes away. Sure. So now you want to take the onions, the mushrooms, the rice, and the garlic and saute that in the fat. Mm -hmm. And then when it gets a little, you know, after a few minutes, you add your meat, the ground meat, the sausage, Keep sauteing that until it's browned. Mm -hmm. Now you want to transfer that mix to a bowl. Then you're going to add the pork rinds, the bacon, and the Romano cheese and mix it all up together. Mix it good. Okay. Add salt and pepper to taste. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to fill the pepper halves with the mix and cover with the shredded cheese. Mm. Put it on a cookie sheet and bake that for 20, 25 minutes at 350. Nice. When those babies come out, oh, oh, man. (laughs) Good stuff. Mm. Stuffed peppers. Yeah, I think I need some stuffed peppers in my life, yeah. (laughs) Guess everyone's used to doing it with with regular rice or with breadcrumbs and, yeah, now this is good. Right, right. Yeah, very much. Well, that's a show. We hope you uh, got something out of it more than just an ad for Keto Fest and maybe we inspired you to do something in your own town. Absolutely. uh, Well, for those who are coming and those who have got their tickets already, thank you very much. And even if you're not coming, please Mm -hmm. share it. Let everybody know that's happening. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something you don't agree with, some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at tokitodudes.com or post it on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2KetoDudes, on Instagram at 2KetoDudes, and make sure to use the hashtag 2KetoDudes. And of course, if you want to join the free ketogenic forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And if useless swag is your fancy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and all that other junk with our mugs on them, (laughs) head over to gear.2keto.com. And if you want a shot at getting some of that swag for free... Join the 2Keto Dudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show. Go to fanclub.2keto.com. And if you feel like supporting our forums and all the podcasts we produce, including 2Keto Dudes, Keto Woman with Daisy Brackenhall, and the Obesity Code podcast with Jason Fung and Megan Ramos, think about making a monthly pledge on our Patreon page at patreon.2keto.com. Yeah, I just want to make a point here that everything that 2KetoDudes do- does is listener and user-supported. So KetoFest, for example, is all user-supported, crowd-funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the stuff that we do is funded by people who listen to our show. Right. So help us stay on the air. Or just hit the donate button on our website at www.2KetoDudes.com or go to donate.2keto.com. And you can also see our podcast and other videos, like from KetoFest, mm-hmm. on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already, go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
That's how new people get to know about what we do. Two Keto Dudes is brought to you by Two Keto LLC, who strives to support the low-carb community with podcasts and other publications. And that brings us to the very important phrase we end the show with, keep calm and keto fest on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep calm and keto fest on, gal. All right. And we'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes. Dudes.